Ghosts of Christmas Presents, a seasonal story, written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington. Chapter 4 Benedict Nail does not think of himself as a sentimental man. He likes to think of himself as content with his lot and unplagued by regret, self-contained and unharnessed by attachment, sensible to the workings of time and unhampered by nostalgia. Were we to meet him socially, or given his usual demeanour more like unsocially, we might be tempted to agree with him. But in the unlikely event that we were ever invited to his home and saw his mantelpiece, we might begin to wonder. London houses, like the city itself, are full of relics of past glories and forgotten failures, patchworked together or parcelled out of older buildings. Benedict Nail's living room, for instance, had a mantelpiece out of all proportion to the wall it splayed itself across. Who knew why? Perhaps this had once been a much bigger room before some landlord, whose greed outstretched his humanity, or indeed his interior design skills, had with dividing walls carved into its spacious emptiness a tiny apartment. Perhaps some past tenant had in some grandiose moment decided they needed this vast ledge to lean against rakishly, or were they slight enough even to lie on precariously. Perhaps it had just been what was to hand when the building was going up, misordered out of some pattern book and stuck in by some unquestioning labourer. Wherever it had come from, it was certainly here now. It was hard to miss, being tiled up the front, rococoed with scrolls about the shoulders, and spreading broad and deep across almost all of one wall of the living room. And as with the fabric of the house, so with its decoration, the slow accretion and evolution of the history of a life. The mantelpiece, for example, is quite covered in things. In knick-knacks and tchotchkes, mementos and souvenirs, stuff and indeed nonsense, nonsense of every kind, from everywhere, a whole world of nonsense, ivory netsuke and sugar mice, a Portuguese swallow and an Egyptian scarab, a snow globe of Rockefeller Plaza and a scale model of Sydney Harbour Bridge. Of course, few of these things were gifts. It is perhaps most likely that if they had been gifts, they, like the carved wooden witch that his upstairs neighbour had left on his doorstep, would not be on display. These are, extraordinarily, these tawdry little jujaws, for the most part, things that Benedict Nail has bought himself, for himself, to remind him of things he has done by himself. Each of these objects is a solitary journey somewhere, a place he went alone, a thing he did alone, an event he remembers alone. He and whatever ornament came back with him. Of course, he would insist these are not sentimental reminders of happy times. They are simply a foolish habit, nothing more than markers, just a few of the one thousand and one things that one must apparently do and visit and experience before one dies, according to the Sunday supplements, all dutifully done and seen and ticked off. Each of these objects is a tally mark, a gravestone for an experience past, another skull on the pile of a thoroughly conquered life. And now... One of those skulls leans down over him as he cowers under an antique postcard from a Budapest flea market and grins at him. Of course, it has no choice but to grin. It is a skull. It is the skull of a little model skeleton mariachi fetched back from Mexico City. And he would usually be more amusing than scary, but context matters. The context, in this case, being that Benedict Nail 
appears to have been shrunken down to barely an inch high, and the skeleton now towers over him and is moving and speaking. Walker, it says, and who have we got here? Benedict Nail shrinks back in terror, but at the same time can't help noticing that the Mexican skeleton has an incongruously cockney accent. New arrival, is it? says the skeleton, kneeling down to look at him more closely. Fresh off the ferry, is it? What's occurring? says another voice. What's the news? Another plaster figure peers around the edge of the postcard. It has on a Spanish capriote, a black hood with just two little white eyes showing. It has no legs and so moves by rocking back and forth, juddering forward in little swinging jolts. It jumps towards Benedict, waving an unlit torch in one hand as it does so. Oi, oi, it says. What's the story? Get out, says the skeleton, shuffling around on its clacking haunches to get in between the hooded figure and Benedict. I saw him first. The two of them loom forward in the shadow of the postcard. Get away, shouts Benedict and scrambles back towards the edge of the mantelpiece. Watch your step there, freshen, says the skeleton, reaching out a hand, but given that the hand is nothing but bone, it fails to be the reassuring gesture intended, and Benedict flinches away to his right, only to come up against the glass of a snow globe. Inside, a tiny Berlin bear comes charging through the swirling plastic snow and thumps two muffled paws against the glass, and in an underwater voice shouts, I got him! <coughs> He has not got him, and Benedict turns and runs in the other direction, but the postcard blocks his way. Hold up, says the skeleton, in what is probably supposed to be a soothing tone. Calm down, calm down. No need for all this rushing around, little fella. We're just saying hello, that's all. Benedict Nail backs up against the postcard. What's going on? That's all he can manage. Just saying hello, that's all repeats the skeleton. All in the same boat here, all brought by the same ferryman. How did I get here? says Benedict, as much to himself as the skeleton. That's what we're asking, says the hooded figure. That's all we want to know, agrees the skeleton. How did you get here? What do you remember? Well, there was a piece of wrapping paper says Benedict, still not sure himself how this all fits together. Wrapping paper, says the skeleton. Oh, that's nice. What did it look like? Come on. Look like? Benedict is caught off guard by the question. Um, red, I think. Red wrapping paper. The skeleton grinds his plaster teeth together happily. Was there a pattern? asks the figure in the capriote. Um, Benedict struggles to picture it. Uh, yes, I, I think uh, uh, something green, uh, uh, Christmas tree, perhaps, and, and some words. Uh, Merry Christmas, uh, in gold. A pattern of Christmas trees and Merry Christmas, says the skeleton with relish, and it suddenly stretches all its bones, cracking as it does so. In gold! says the hooded figure. Merry Christmas in gold. And the torch in its hand is somehow on fire, though Benedict did not see it lit. The bear is sitting right up against the glass of the snow globe, staring at him attentively. And what happened with the rapid paper? 
asked the skeleton. What? What wrapping paper? says Benedict Nail. What are you talking about? Tell us about the wrapping paper, comes another voice, and the postcard behind him suddenly judders. Benedict Nail falls forward as it's pushed up and away by the spotted wooden head of a big African cat. Beyond the cat stretches the rest of the mantelpiece, and to his horror, Benedict Nail sees that it is alive with movement. A pressed tin soldier flexes, gleaming in the dying winter light. A pair of jointed metal fish grind towards him, bending and flopping as they come. A toy robot turns first its antennae and then its ray gun on him. What wrapping paper? says a voice. What happened then? says another. Who's he? What's his story? And leave me alone! shouts Benedict Nail as he lunges forward, darting through the legs of the wooden cheetah. In the gathering gloom, at the far end of the mantelpiece, he can see a dim light, like a lit window, and through the shuffling shadows, in a blind panic, towards it he runs. You have been listening to The Ghosts of Christmas Presents, written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington. The music is The Path of the Goblin King by Kevin MacLeod of filmmusic.io and our illustrations are by Jamie Lenman. You can find more of our stories at christmasstories.co.uk or wherever you found this podcast and we'd be grateful if you could rate and review us while you're there as well. If you're feeling really generous, we now have a Patreon at patreon.com slash christmasstories where a subscription will get you versions of this story without all these annoying credits and lots of other exclusive material. But all we really want you to do is to listen to the next instalment of The Ghosts of Christmas Presents. (laughs) 